Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. October, of course, one of the months in our Catholic calendar when we particularly honor the mother of Jesus Christ, the Blessed Mother, Mary, and this month in particular takes on a special significance because, as you're probably already aware, back uh, in May we had Bishop Grosch on to talk about the anniversary of the Fatima apparitions, and we thought as we near the end of this anniversary cycle, it would be good to kind of go to the other part of the diocese uh, to the place most recognizable, I think, for Fatima. That would be Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in uh, Lewiston. And joining us, uh, no stranger to our program, Father Peter Calabrese. Father, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Greg. Great to be here. Uh, we wanted to have you on because, of course, um, this is, at least uh, coming up in a couple of days, the uh, anniversary of the final, the last of the apparitions, yeah, correct? Yeah. We've been celebrating all year the 100th anniversary of these apparitions of Our Lady. Of course, uh, Our Lady appeared to the three children on the 13th of every month from May through October, except, of course, the famous August one where the children had been arrested and therefore Mary came to them on August 19th in a slightly different place. So um, it's been a great been a great year, great anniversary year. Yeah, I imagine that uh, um, for you guys in particular, uh, there, there's probably an interest, right? I mean, people are probably, you know, kind of relying on you, uh, you know, more than ever. People love Our Lady of Fatima, but uh, in May we had 45 buses uh, just on the 13th, and, and that is – that that used to be back in the you know in the seventies a normal day we we don't get that many buses normally but we have had so many people and just to see the faith of the people that's what's been the amazing thing about it just to see people come and as you go around our shrine the different statues of the Blessed Mother the Blessed Sacrament Chapel Our Lady's Chapel uh, you know I kind of to see them just kneeling and praying. I, I, I've been telling a bad joke all year that um, the Holy Father said to get the, to get the Fatima indulgence, you have to go to a church where a, an image of Our Lady of Fatima is solemnly displayed. So I said, well, does a 10-ton, 13-foot statue on top of a basilica, is that solemn enough for you? <laughs> I think that covers it. Yeah. I think that, yeah. So yeah. we yeah. think it does. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly necessarily what they had in mind, but uh, it definitely covers it for <laughs> it does. sure. It does. Uh, I, you know, I want to talk a little bit, especially for our listeners maybe who either uh, didn't catch our show, you know, earlier with with Bishop Gross about the uh, apparitions. But uh, just give us the website and the information about the shrine, how people can find you. Okay. Well, we are findable at FatimaShrine.com on the web. As as my uh, secretary says, go to the Facebook page. It gets updated oh, that's true. more rapidly yes. and more quickly. But this day, uh, these days, everything's like but that. You can, right? That's yeah. right. You can catch us on Facebook too. Yeah, okay. Perfect. That's good. That's good. Uh, and uh, directions to the shrine are there up there on Swan Road in Lewiston. So you can find – in fact, if you Google Fatima Shrine Lewiston, uh, Google Maps is going to come up right there in the corner and you'll yeah, be able to get right there. there. We so are there now. Perfect. <laughs> 
Perfect. So let's let's go back. And by the way, if people would are interested in uh, uh, hearing Bishop Gross, of course, you can always find our webcasts either on buffalodiocese.org or else go to WNYS, WNY rather, catholic.org slash radio. All the podcasts are listed there. But give folks, particularly those who are maybe unfamiliar, when we talk about the apparitions of Fatima, just explain what that is, why this is special to us as Catholics. Sure. Well, back in 1917, of course, you know, the world was was busy destroying itself at yeah. the time, World War I. And uh, to three shepherd children, brother and sister, Francisco and Jacinta, as well as their cousin, Lucia, who was the oldest, uh, they were out uh, pasturing their sheep in, a, in an olive grove when, as it goes, they saw a bright light they were attracted to something and this uh, beautiful woman comes and says, you know, I'm from heaven. And of course, as it would be revealed, uh, she asks them, do you want to suffer for my sake? And they're like, yes, we're willing. You know, are you willing to suffer? And they said yes. And so she embarked on this whole series of apparitions, visiting them on the 13th of every month from May through October. And as I alluded to a little earlier, except for one month. Uh, so what happened? When they actually did They suffer. did get arrested, right. literally, yeah, sure. literally. And of course uh, – you know, they were not believed. They were little children, you know, seven, nine, and ten. Well, I was going to ask you, would they have had a basis for understanding this? I mean, this isn't – you know, obviously now it's it's been vetted by the church, et cetera, et cetera. But these are not children that – this would have been quite a stretch for them to make up. Well, you know, Greg, that's the interesting part. In the cause for their canonization, it actually came up officially because – Children, minors who were martyrs had been canonized. But because it was thought that they couldn't, they hadn't yet fully attained everything, you know, how can we really say that someone who only lived, you know, a few years of life, did, did they really practice the virtues heroically? It actually was a question. So your point is well taken. And the fact is they held to the story. Uh, and of course, Jacinta and Francisco were both deceased by, by 1919. But Lucia lived until 2005. Yeah, a long time. So, yeah. so she became the spokesperson. And as someone recently joked, you know, what did this spokesperson do? Did they, did they get a Twitter account and a <laughs> Facebook? No, they, they joined a cloister convent. <laughs> and that, that was her way of, of spreading the message of Fatima throughout the world. But the, the fact is they were put through the ringer. Uh, Jacinta and um, – and Francisco's father, they were a little more – he was a little more open to the fact that, well, maybe the kids are telling the truth. But Lucia's mother and father and the town in general were, were very skeptical and thought they were just making it up, just wanted attention, et cetera, et cetera. But as the apparitions went on, it became clear, no, something else is happening even when the messages were tough, when – you know, people started bringing petitions to them. Would you bring these to Our Lady? Uh, we'll all be cured. No, not all will be cured. Some will be cured. Um, what about this person who is deceased? Um, they're going to be in purgatory till the end of time. You know, a vision of hell, yet a call to mercy, a call really to be a priestly people. When, when people ask me what's interesting about Fatima, you know, the Second Vatican Council has taught us about has reemphasized, I should say, 
the church as being priestly people. Mary in 1917 told three little children, go and tell the Catholic Church that they have to make reparation, that they have to intercede for the whole world. Uh, Mary was, was really telling them to be priestly, to be that bridge between God and human beings. Only people pick up on that. You know, people say, oh, I'm doing my first five Saturdays because I want, you know, the assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. No, that's not really what it's about. What it's really about is peace in the world, reparation for all these incredible evils that are happening. The First World War was – all war is terrible. The First World War was terrible. So for Mary to give that prophecy to tiny Portugal, you know, you will remain uh, neutral, uh, to hear that the war would end was really a, a sign of hope for, for people that maybe we don't – maybe we do understand. If someone was to say, you know, all of the tension that we're under right now with, with Afghanistan and the Middle East and now North Korea – if, if we would have a prophecy that would say, you know, this will all end soon and end fine, wow, that would be great, yeah. you know. And I think that's what, what's really there, that Mary is saying to us that all these terrible things that were – that could have been predicted or, or these things that did happen, what matters is people praying the rosary. What matter? I mean I was I'm, – I'm a priest. I've been at Our Lady of Fatima Shrine for 17 years now. And, and I have been challenged in the run-up, not just this year, but in the run-up to this, to, to take this seriously, you know, to, to pray for preaching. We were, we were joking beforehand about, you know, how we like sports and how we like different things. But, you know, do I, as a priest at Fatima Shrine, really take seriously Mary's command to, to pray the rosary? Well, yeah, after these last few years, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's important. I can say that I, my understanding of that need has changed in these past, past few years. Yeah, which is really the um, – ultimately the reason for the attention and the, and the celebration of this anniversary. Father Peter Calabrese from Our Lady of Fatima Shrine is our guest as we talk about the uh, anniversary, particularly of the final apparition at Fatima, October 13th. And – I was just going to ask you before we were going to take a break in a, in a second. We want to talk about some of the things that you're doing at the at the shrine. But this is one of those things, right? That I, I'm sure there are still people today that go, "Yeah, I'm not sure I buy into the Blessed Mother appearing on a hill somewhere in Europe." Okay, <laughs> and you know, even like with Mexico, we had a you know we had apparitions in Mexico, that's right. so that's closer to home for us, right. or whatever. And the church doesn't say that you have to. That's right. It remains a private devotion. Kind of thing. What about about some of the, the, you know, and I I wanted to bring this up because we didn't really talk about it last time and there are misconceptions and whatnot. Just give us a rundown of some of the things like the secret messages of Fatima that we hear about and the the third one that that John Paul II revealed and all this. What are we talking about? Well, there's two big controversies and and one, of course, is uh, did Mary – said that she would explain to the children how she wanted the devotion to the Immaculate uh, Heart of Mary spread and that she would ask that there be a consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary so that she would be converted and so that the errors that Russia was spreading would end. So various popes, various popes have, have tried or had tried 
to fulfill this consecration. But it was always agreed that because it had to be in union with all the bishops in the world that, that there was always something missing. Finally, in March of 1984, Pope John Paul II said, OK, we're going to do this on the Feast of the Annunciation. We're going to do this. We're all going to do it in, in collegial, fraternal communion. I'm going to consecrate. And what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but this is basically it. We consecrate the entire world to you, to your immaculate heart, especially those peoples and nations of which special consecration is necessary. Well, a lot of people wanted and still want they, – they want that it be Russia, that Russia be named explicitly. And people constantly ask me, Father, do you think it's happened? Do you think it's happened? I said, well, look, I'm here at Fatima Shrine. I don't have access to the original paper documents of Sister Lucia. But if Sister Lucia – and she said it on three separate occasions. If Sister Lucia says that heaven has accepted that consecration between St. John Paul II – and Sister Lucia, I'm willing to say yes to that. You know, I mean, after all, I'm just a poor priest at Fatima Shrine in Lewiston. There you go. Right. So if a saint says he did it, and the one that actually saw the Blessed Mother said it counted, so to speak. <laughs> we always went off it counts in the Catholic Church. Yeah, did right. it count? Sure. Did if it she count, said right? that it counted, I have to say yes. Now, people do say to me, well, how come this imminent peace hasn't come? How come everything isn't all good with the world then? I said, well, Mary said that a period of peace would come. She didn't say that subsequent sin and evil would not would disappear. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's my answer because people ask me. Yeah. So that's, that's controversy number one. Okay. Controversy number two is the third secret. Right. Now, right. now the third secret, this, this incredible vision that the children had that was so terrible that was written down and can't reveal it till 1960. Then the popes would start to open it and they'd fold it back up, put it in the envelope. And people would be like, it must be really bad. Well, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, agreed to finally release it. And when he did, he said, yes, it's this vision of the, of the angel with the flaming sword, penance, 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 and this vision of all of the martyrs dressed in white, just, just all these martyrs, all these martyrs, including a certain bishop dressed in white who was killed. And Pope John Paul said, this vision is, is me. He says, I'm the one. And people said, well, it can't be you because you weren't assassinated. And he points to something that Mary never said that every aspect of the vision had to happen that way. For example, the miracle of the sun, which I guess we'll talk about maybe after the break, was um, was a lesser miracle than it would have been because the children were arrested. And this kind of bothers us because what it means is Mary's saying that, yes, human fidelity can have an impact on celestial events. And Pope John Paul II felt that because there had been conversion – because of his devotion to the Blessed Mother, that what should have been a successful assassination was mitigated, that the bullet barely missed him. And of course, that bullet that was taken from his body was placed in the crown of the pilgrim statue at Fatima in Portugal. So that's the controversy. You know, no, it must be worse. They must be hiding something. Yeah, that's what you always and, get though, and right? And I Isn't say, yeah. you know what? 20th century is pretty bloody. 
if, if you don't think that that was bad, you are really immune to suffering. <laughs> Again, Father Peter Calabrese, is our guest from Our Lady of Fatima Shrine. We're going to come back talk more about some of the, the things that they have planned uh, to commemorate the, the end of this anniversary, 100-year uh, anniversary up there in uh, Lewiston in particular. And we'll be right back. If you're suffering after an abortion, you don't have to suffer alone. The Catholic Church understands, and we would like to help. Through Project Rachel, we offer free, non-judgmental, confidential counseling for anyone suffering from the effects of abortion. Call Project Rachel at 716-847-2205. Remain as anonymous as you like. Call 716-847-2205. We care. Let us help you today. I'm Greg Prince. Thanks for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly. We're talking about um, the anniversary in particular of the uh, 100 years since the final apparition of our Blessed Mother at Fatima, Portugal uh, on October 13th. Uh, Father Peter Calabrese from Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in Lewiston joins us. And uh, you, you've got things going on. Now, look, if, if uh, the podcast always usually up early, I know a lot of our folks listen on Sunday morning, so a lot of the events you have going for this weekend um, have already taken place or are taking place. Some people might be listening to it on Friday, though, and want to come up on Saturday and Sunday yeah. and join you. We've been very blessed that the 13th fell on good days, and, and the 13th of the month for October, the commemoration of the Miracle of the Sun, is going to be on Friday. So uh, we have rosaries, confessions, and masses all day long, our regular 11.30, 4 o'clock mass with confession and rosary about a half hour before that. And we'll have a special healing mass, 7 o'clock that night. Father Richard McAleer will be in with the Voices of Mercy. Saturday, we're, we're, we're celebrating the whole weekend. Even though technically the year will be over on the 13th, you can always, always get indulgences coming to the shrine and praying the rosary. There you it go. It doesn't That's have right. to be just on that day. That's right. You don't have to be under the giant statue either. You That's can right. Be right. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so on the 14th, we have Dr. Gloria Dodd from the Marian Institute in Dayton coming in to talk about what we were talking about before uh, the break. Fatima, Mary speaks and the popes listen. Uh, so uh, we're going to have that. And then we're also going to have Fatima the Musical, Morning Star, Family Holy Hours, going to present their, uh, their uh, musical of the story of Fatima. And then on Sunday, the Knights of Columbus, 115, have their annual pilgrimage. Bishop Grosch, whom we've talked about a few times, That's right. be yeah. the celebrant. Uh, we'll have the Glorious Mysteries presented by Quiet Waters at our 315 rosary that day. And then finally, a candlelight procession at about 630 that evening. So and then a ceremonial burning of uh, our petitions. We've been accumulating many, many petitions and uh, we're planning a little spectacular for that. So Very nice. we're excited. We're excited. Come oh, and, come and see us. And uh, like I say, it's the faith of the people that, that makes it uh, really matter. <laughs> yeah, that is really kind of that, – that is one of the things about um, Fatima. It really was driven by – the faithful who really kind of took to this notion of these appearances by Mary. That's right. right. And and even Fatima Shrine. You know, I told you the story on other sure. shows and yeah. the brief version is, hey, this shrine was wanted by the people. Yeah. The people said, where's your shrine? That's it. The people brought statues. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it works. You know, uh, we're, we're – um, Sometime this fall, it, 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 we're, we're going to dedicate uh, statues for St. Tecla, for 
Cyril uh, and Methodius. Uh, we we. I recently, can't believe you don't have Cyril and Methodius already. I'm just kind of surprised. Hey, we got we got them now. We got them now. There you go. Right. And uh, people, if you haven't been up, we have the the statue of uh, of uh, the three children. Yeah, it's and, beautiful. Uh, it's a very beautiful statue. Uh, uh, it, it was a little tough dedicating it because two of them are saints. One of them isn't, but yeah. we didn't yeah. mind. We just – Bishop Malone did a great job. <laughs> we just plowed ahead and <laughs> – Yeah, it's beautiful. But, uh, now, you've got um, – actually, I should probably – I was going to ask you about the, uh, the next big thing on your, your docket. If, if people have not been to the shrine, a good time to go is your festival of lights. We're talking about like just that miracle of the sun. Yeah. Idea. What was that all about? Just for Miracle people again, for people who aren't familiar. And this this goes to what we said. You know, Mary had uh, promised them a beautiful miracle on, on in in October of nineteen seventeen. And all of a sudden, during the apparition, even though the children weren't focused on the sun per se, the sun started to spin around. As they say, the sun danced. Miracles. You know, the idea that they come from the divine, you have to kind of be a believer to believe that. But even, you know, the atheists on both the left and the right, those that hated the church on the right, those that hated the church on the left, the secular newspapers, people 10 miles away, they said they saw something. You know, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, it was the Blessed Mother. Oh, yeah, it's proof. But even the non-believers said, hey. We saw that sun move and, and those people were drenched that day. It was a rainy, ugly, terrible day. The kids had to be carried on the shoulders of men to get to the apparition site and they were dry and they weren't burnt. They were just dry <laughs> after that, that sun danced and no one can deny that. You know, you can say, oh, oh no, natural value. You can say whatever you want. Mm, the sun is pretty much known for not deviating. The, the, the sun is rule. pretty rock solid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have <laughs> our whole calendar is based on that. Relative to Earth, it doesn't right. really do yeah, too much. Right. Say, you know? No. There you uh, go. And that's the beautiful part of it. You know, everyone has to say that something happened that day, the day the sun danced, you know? Uh, Fatimashrine.org is the website. So I, I mentioned Festival of Lights, next big thing on the – Yeah, we start November 18th, Saturday yeah, before like Thanksgiving. Saturday before Thanksgiving every year. It's a tradition now, opening of the Festival of Lights. Knights of Columbus have spaghetti and meatball dinner that day. Father Julio blesses the new feature, which he never tells us exactly what it's going to be, be right? until yes. he unveils it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the theme this year is going to be the light still shines, you know, because even though the year's over, sure. you know. So we're, 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 we're heading still forward and, and it's beautiful. Uh, it's going to be an, a wonderful festival of lights this year and, and we're really hoping that people take the opportunity. You know why? Because it's a great evangelistic tool, you know. Because people will go see lights. Yes, 98% of it is religious lights. But Christmas is that one time of year where you can get people to kind of swallow. Hey, yeah. let's go up to church, you know. It's true. And, and so it's a great evangelistic tool. Come and see the lights. Uh, people who might not otherwise say, oh, I want to go to Phantom Shrine. It's a great opportunity to, to bring people and, and explain to them because then you get to explain know, why is this here? Why is there a star of David here? Why is there uh, these uh, the mysteries of the rosary? What is the mystery of the rosary all about? You know, it's a great opportunity to teach. And that's the other beautiful thing about it. So many parents, I see them talking to their kids because kids are inquisitive, you know, and sometimes they ask strange questions. Like I remember one time someone said, 
Mommy, why is there a golf bag there? Well, they thought that the, the pillar with the flagellum was, was right. a golf bag. So, oh, honey, that's not a golf bag, but let me explain to you what it is. You know, Things like that all the time. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, especially for our uh, for our kids. And of course, they're you know it's a, um, part of the wonder of Christmas, right? I mean, see everything kind of like a little child all over again. Yeah. So it's a it's a beautiful time of year. And can I assure people that you do not shut the lights off on the twenty sixth, the day after Christmas? Whatnot. No, we're open to January sixth. <laughs> That's right. Well, Epiphany every year. So the people who are you know um, hate that the everything disappears right after Christmas. No. You, you keep going. Yep, right. five till nine. Every night, lights are on, caf- uh, store open late, cafeteria till about 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing. And now, you have – obviously, there's – and when we've already kind of alluded to it, you have a whole regular slate of masses, particularly on the weekends at the shrine. But right. one of the things people might not be aware that you do on a regular basis are healing masses. If people are looking for prayers for healing themselves, a family yes. member. Yeah. From May through November, first Sunday of the month. So we'll have – uh, well, we'll only have one left by the time yeah, this okay, goes. But um, we'll have the uh, November first first Sunday of the month, and that'll be the last one. And and there again, that was something that people asked for. It used to be just May through October to kind of mirror fat and said, "Oh, fathers, couldn't you do another one?" Okay, we'll add one in November. You got That's it. Right. That's right. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Yeah, and uh, so if you're interested in that, again, uh, the website again, FatimaShrine.com. You can also see us on Facebook. That's right. Make sure you check the Facebook page. Uh, we probably could could talk in more, much more detail about both the shrine and the uh, the apparitions in particular, and and what that devotion is. Um, as we wrap up here today, um, let me just because you always get a lot of people, particularly those who may be. Um, haven't been to church in a while, maybe right. haven't, uh, um, you know, um, maybe just go to Mass on Sundays, aren't sure how to get themselves more involved and interested. Um, Phantom of Shrines a, is a good place to kind of maybe encounter God and encounter the church for people, sure. right? Yeah, because people call it an oasis of peace, you know. To us running around behind the scenes, it's not always uh, so peaceful, but the the beauty of it, uh, and the pictorial aspect of it helped make a nice introduction. And many people have said to me that, you know, when I was coming back to church, first all I did, you know, it's ironic that multiple people have shared this to me. All I did was sit in the parking lot and look at the statue. And then one day I ventured in and then one day I, I went to mass and then one day I went to confession. Uh, and the priests are always available. We have regular, regularly scheduled confession times. If you feel you haven't been and you're a little embarrassed to go to your own parish, come up and see that us at the shrine. That Get that big rock confession out of the way, and Father will nicely tell you now, okay, how about once a month from now on, you know? And, uh, and, and so we, we provide that opportunity. There's always a priest on duty. And uh, we're there if you just want to talk, if you just want to bring someone and say, hey, you know, just just talk to Father. You know, uh, that's what the beauty of a shrine is about. The the parishes can provide the, the, the day in and day out ministry. We, we can't give you First Communion. We can't have weddings, all that. But what we can provide is, is a quiet place to just rest 
and experience uh, God's peace. And, uh, and that can be a great introduction back to a fuller participation. And it has to be gratifying church. for you and the other priests at Fatima when you hear those things. Oh, yeah. People, we can't right? talk about them, but they're great. <laughs> no, no. I mean just like <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they say, you know, that That's I right. – you know, it really helped bring me back That's to, right. to God yeah. and the church. Yeah. There's something beautiful and peaceful about the shrine. The many – the shrine is a shrine of shrines, you know. So the divine mercy uh, pictures that are throughout the, 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 the shrine in, in our various chapels – uh, the crucifixes, the, the different statues, find your patron saint. You know, people love, you know, find your patron saint. We don't have everybody, as no, you say. Right. I, we don't have everybody, yes. but, but we run a pretty good gamut. You do pretty point. well. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Over well, 150. It's, it's, well, it's like when you go get the little name key chains. They don't always have your name when you go, right? So, right. But, right. It's but, true. Yeah, pick one you like That's when right. you get there. That's there right. you go. <laughs> Francis is a good one and uh, the, the Fatima children as well. Yeah, we got them. They're right there for you. <laughs> They're right there. Father Peter Calabrese from Our Lady of Fatima Shrine, thanks so much for coming in with us this weekend. Thanks for having me, Greg. Uh, and we invite you to visit FatimaShrine.com and uh, again, if you're uh, – you want to hear any of the things that uh, uh, we've had on this program, I mentioned Bishop Gross had been on and he talked about the the apparitions and the devotion to Fatima as well back uh, back a few months ago. All of those are available at wnycatholic.org slash radio or, of course, at buffalodiocese.org. Just look under the News and Information tab. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.